This is Managing Mayhem. Brought to you by two lawyers and a layman. Because good intentions are not a legal defense. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry, they're not? Okay, well, let's get going then. Hi, and welcome to Managing Mayhem, a workplace podcast released every two weeks. Each episode, we cover a new topic to help HR managers and employees navigate the daily workplace mayhem. I'm Jeff. I'm Patty. And I'm Jack. And they're lawyers, and I'm not, and everyone has to be okay with that. <laughs> um, okay, so what are we talking about today, attorneys? All right, so today we did get a listener question about English-only rules. Yeah, that's a frequent question, and we seem to be getting it more recently. So today we're going to discuss the law, the strict requirements, and what you should do as a manager or HR. Okay, here is the question. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Read it to us. Okay, I'm going to really get into this. The listener asks, I manage several retail clerks, and a few of them talk to one another in Spanish when no customers are around. It seems like they are just chit-chatting, but I want to know if I can stop them from speaking Spanish. It feels like they are excluding others from their conversation, and I am worried that others will feel excluded and that they will think they are being talked about. Can I require everyone to speak English while at work? Okay. You know, first of all, I haven't heard the word chit-chat for a while. Let's bring back (laughs) chit-chat. Chit-chat is great. It's a great word. Chit-chat. So light. It sounds like what it is. Just Yeah, it is what it is. Chit-chat. Just a little chit-chat. Well, I'll tell you, my my only experience with English-only rules were when I was in Honduras teaching at an an English school, and we had a very strict, you can only speak English in the classroom. And uh, I felt like you knew pretty quickly when there was just some chit-chat going on, or there were some malas palabras happening. Okay, what's that? What's that? Some some bad words coming coming (laughs) from the sixth graders I was teaching. So that was pretty easy to to discern what what was going on. I have heard those before. Those aren't nice. (laughs) I'm, I'm... I, I have a general understanding of what a female dog is, um, and I, I <laughs> right. don't believe that he meant it in that context. <laughs> so. And they're not discussing math, which we are working on right, right. now. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a little sidetracked. <laughs> Body language, also. There was some pointing involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. Dead giveaway. Um, you know, the law is pretty straightforward as to English-only rules, and that's saying something because there's not a lot of straightforward laws, are there? Yeah, yeah, um, keep that one. Yeah. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, which is the agency that enforces the anti-discrimination laws, mm-hmm. they actually state that requiring employees to speak English at all times at work is rarely justified. And they're going to typically interpret it as an unduly burdensome condition of employment. Okay, thank God, because I thought (laughs) this was going to be like okay or something. Like I thought this was going to be cool to ask, and I was like, "What?" And it didn't sound okay, Jack. No, (laughs) it seems seems so crazy that you could tell someone not to speak their native language at work at all. Like it just seems like it's so controlling, and it seems really inappropriate. Yeah, I mean, it creates this atmosphere of this, you know, isolation of that person or group. It can be intimidating based on their national origin. That's what really the protected class that these rules target when they're misused. Well, and I also wonder if these are companies that perhaps are serving Spanish-speaking communities or clients. Um, right. And then it seems really weird to me, if that's the case, that you are using somebody's skill or their just ability to speak that language to benefit your business. 
And then when the customers are gone and behind closed doors, all of a sudden you're like, and now you speak my language only. (laughs) It just seems like so disingenuous. Uh, And it sounds paranoid a little bit. You know what I mean? You're paranoid. I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) So therefore. So it's about me. (laughs) English only. (laughs) Before we move on. Jeff, you are bilingual. Yeah. And so. Yeah. No, I I definitely think it is. If bilingual um, is being able to speak, what, sixth grade level? No, I'm kidding. Right. (laughs) We consider you bilingual, but I don't think that Haiti and her family maybe would use that word. Haiti and her family think that I am a very good-hearted, you know, I I try really hard. Okay, so Jeff's wife is from Honduras, obviously speaks Spanish. And Jeff, I remember you would call me when you were down there and say, I think they think I'm stupid. Like that I'm... (laughs) Because I sound kind of stupid. <laughs> and that had nothing to do with your ability to speak Spanish. That was just a general feeling. That was just a general. My Spanish is perfect. They were yeah. just like, this guy is off. <laughs> okay. No, I just kind of envisioned love actually at the end when they're well, like, you know, the big proposal and yeah. then their language barrier. It's coming off completely different. So. Listen, I'll say this to anybody who's learning a language. You have to accept the fact that you're not perfect and you're going to sound like a fourth grader. Are you times. liking to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there are some exceptions to this English-only prohibition. And the EEOC will actually look at whether the company can justify it due to a what we call a legitimate non-discriminatory business necessity. Not just a business reason. It has to actually be a business necessity. You can't have a blanket rule. So anyone who has okay. a blanket rule, get rid of it. Okay, you can't have it. They're going to look at in instances, limited circumstances, where you actually have to have it. So let's talk about a few of those, but it is rare. Okay. One exception is for just communicating with customers, coworkers, supervisors. You can require that when you're working with customers, you have to speak to them in English if that's the language that they're speaking to you in, right? If they're conversing in. That can be a requirement. Sure. Of the job is the same with coworkers and supervisors because the business has to function via communication. That's a big one. If if the customer only speaks English, right? Yeah, if right. the customer speaking English, you have to communicate with the customer. That's the the business is happening because you're communicating. Right. Exactly. Another exception I have seen upheld by the EEOC and by courts is requiring them to speak English in instances where safety is critical. Um, one example was a rule requiring employees to speak only English when performing their work in a specific area that contained flammable chemicals or other dangerous equipment so that people clearly could be communicating with one another. I think I saw one once about air traffic controllers, um, you know, the the people down on the ground, like being able to understand the language for safety purposes. And I experienced this. I will say this. I did did experience, I was going, (laughs) not as an employee, but I was flying to Peru and uh, on, on Avianca and I was seated in the emergency exit row. And so when I went to get my ticket, they're like, like, they asked me, can you speak Spanish? I'm like, see? Sí, I like people. And they're like, they're like, well, they switched to English. Like, well, you're in the exit row. And so we, if there's an emergency, you have to be able to speak and understand the instructions and like right. very clearly. And I was like, that's fair. Maybe if there's an emergency, my, I wouldn't. My Spanish might <laughs> leave me in that moment. I might get a little flustered. <laughs> My hands are sweating already. So, yeah, you can put me 
just a window, please? You know, <laughs> so it just makes sense, though. It makes sense, right? It really is. That does make a lot of sense because if someone's able to say, well, I didn't understand the request or I didn't understand, then it's like who's held liable at that point? Is the company held liable because they didn't make that a requirement that there has to be that clear communication around a potentially dangerous piece of the work? Right. Another instance where you can have a rule for English only is if there are specific work assignments where people need to collaborate, work cooperatively, and that's just to promote efficiency. And so that's a business necessity like for us to get these things done. We have to have a common language to actually work together. Right. No, I think we should all be speaking different languages and just see what happens. Might be a better outcome. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it literally most likely yeah. will be. And, and you know, another <laughs> exception, Jeff, is in line with what you're saying. You could have English only to enable a supervisor who only speaks English to monitor performance of an employee. Right. Um, and if that employee's job duties require them to communicate in English with coworkers or customers, again, we're looking at that. And so if this person is required to speak English to customers, um, then you're going to monitor their performance and you want them to speak in English. Again, these are just limited business necessity and it's not all day long. Right. This is literally case by case. This is not like a policy for your company of like, this is all the time. It actually can't be all the time. You have a policy for your company, you're going to lose. You're going to get a discrimination claim. EEOC mm -hmm. says you cannot have blanket rules. I mean, just it's a case-by-case -case exception. So you can require it for certain situations, but I'm assuming as far as like breaks and lunches, a more social thing, you cannot require it. Because what would the business... There was no business purpose, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's where we see a lot of requests because... People sit in their groups and they talk, right? And they, they eat their lunches together. And right. and that's where people start thinking, well, they're talking about us or they're a group over there, they're a clique over there, and we need everyone to be included. Um, but it's it's really, they're off the clock, especially if they're on a lunch break. They, you know, you can't, you can't tell them what to do and how right. to speak. No business um, necessity, none. <laughs> like what? Well, it's a safety concern that while we're on our breaks, no. people, you know, it's like, come on, what are you talking about? They can have a universal sign of choking. <laughs> yeah, like literally hands on the throat and we're all good. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's go back to our listener's question. They're having a concern about people feeling excluded, that they're talking about others in a language they can't understand and people not coming together, right? Yes. Right. So what can this person do are their concerns valid well this is like we said at the beginning we get this question a lot and i think a lot of solutions for managers or hr is to implement a policy right mm -hmm. fragrance free right we're just not dealing with fragrances right we're not having them at the office sure and so it's natural to be like what about just an english only blanket policy so everyone's in the same language and we're just we're you know de demystifying what's being said because we don't understand yada yada the problem is, is it is language and it's national origin and it's really, it's, it's much more complicated than a fragrance tree policy or any other policies really because it is their language and it's a protected class. And so Period. you can't, you can't do it even though that may seem like the easiest solution to just avoid problems with, with staff. So even when something's easy, it doesn't mean it's right. Right. Dumbledore says that in Harry Potter. He said, we have to decide between what is right and what is easy. <laughs> I just read the fourth the, book The other again. thing <laughs> is that I noticed that the listener 
is saying it feels like they are excluding others or um, that they're being, I'm concerned they're being talked about. And I understand and appreciate they, they want a respectful workplace. That That's great that they do. If you're concerned about um, exclusion or um, derogatory comments, you're going to actually need evidence that they are using Spanish to talk meanly, disrespectfully. Right. But I don't see any evidence of that. So we just can't control the language because we're in fear of that or we're concerned about it. Again, I know it's well-intended, but we actually have to have evidence, have someone come in there, listen to it. And if someone is using a different language to talk and cuss, gossip negatively about someone, then that is actually a respectful workplace issue, regardless of whether it's in English or Spanish. Right. You just can't assume. It's that assumption, right? You have to have some some facts because people do do that. I mean, I, my my wife and I we've done that. You know, we both speak Spanish. We're like, oh, we're gonna talk. You know, but <laughs> you um, guys are at a TJ Maxx just ripping into it about how rude everyone is in line. <laughs> exactly. So let's say that this person has looked into it. They've looked into the language being used. It's not disrespectful language, but they're concerned about people being excluded or not connecting. What can they do to rectify the situation or at least move towards connecting people? Right. I mean, I think the reality is, is that if you're worried about exclusion, then let's get those inclusivity activities going. Let's let's start mixing up your workforce. You have people working with different people, not just all the Spanish speakers together and all the English speakers in one area. Mm-hmm. Try engagement activities. I mean, I think there's a lot that you can do to try and promote inclusion of everybody and have them connect on different levels. Um, I think that helps in general. Um, and that might alleviate this person's concern with people excluding people. I think that the same things you would do to bust a click right. would be what you choose here. You you know have assigned seating where you mix it up. You have assigned projects with different people. And we mingle the staff more mm-hmm. for business operation purposes and get to know one another. So nothing's really that different than the playground. No, nope. you know, it's <laughs> everything all you learned like, in kindergarten. Everybody play nice and try to understand each other. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. This is good. And I do, I'm, I'm really proud of myself for, um, what? for remembering the Dumbledore quote, but I'm going to think about, I'm going to do decide between what is right and what is easy. Because do, it, do it today. Right <laughs> that's, anyway. that's every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, so bottom line, you cannot have a blanket English-only rule to stop general talking amongst employees who are speaking a language that is not English. And you can only have an English-only rule if it's a business necessity or it's for a specific period of time or a function, such as something that is a safety situation or interacting with customers who are English-speaking and et cetera, things like that. Exactly. And call us before you decide to do anything under the exceptions, because that has to be carved out, put in um, writing and communicated. You can't just discipline someone and say, well, that was a safety situation. And so, um, but it's a very interesting question. It sounds very well intended, but it is a legal minefield. So be careful. Thank you so much for your question. If any of our listeners have questions, please feel free to email us at admin at mnwlegal.com. We love the questions and also we want to help you out. So send them our way. Yeah, and today's SHRM code is 26E27VZ. 26E27VZ. 
And uh, we hope you have a mayhem-free week. Okay. It's like my R2-D2 name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. See you tag. next time. All right. See you. Have a great week. Bye. Managing Mayhem is presented by Management Northwest and Management Southwest and cannot be copied or rebroadcast without prior written consent. By listening to this podcast, you understand that we, or at least two of us, are lawyers, but we are not your lawyers. Therefore, nothing we say on the podcast should be taken as legal advice or considered to create an attorney-client relationship. It is solely 